It oftentimes seems like life is constantly landing a one-two punch, making us feel like we're on the verge of taking the full count. It's easy to turn on the news and see horror story after horror story constantly depicting negative images and content. Needless to say, times are trying. And when times are trying, it's hard to find anything positive. But that's what brings us here. Welcome to the Halftime Happy Hour, where I'm going to bring you some of the positive stories within the sporting world today. The sports industry is no stranger to controversy or drama, but I'm not here to talk about those things. This podcast is for those people out there who want to see the world a little more than half full. The people searching for the silver linings or the touching stories, you found your home. These are the stories and people that make me love sports. Since I was a little kid, I have always known that sports is just a platform for so much more than simply playing a game. It gives athletes the opportunity to use their talents and their name to do more than just score a basket or hit the buzzer beater. So, with that being said, let's take a moment and appreciate the stories that make us smile. I'm sure you're also wondering who I am. Well, my name's Erin Manful. I am a native of Iowa City, Iowa. I grew up my whole life loving the Hawkeyes. Um, I've loved them through basketball, through football, through women's basketball, volleyball. They have been my pride and joy my entire life. Being from Iowa, we don't really have any professional teams or anything like that. So the Hawkeyes were my professional team, my my collegiate team, my high school team. They were everything to me. But what I care about more than the game itself, like I said earlier, is that sports is so much more than just a game. For me, I am constantly searching for the positive stories within sports. I'm so sick of seeing domestic violence or assaults or, or um drug abuse or anything like that like I those stories are what sports center covers and what everyone else covers but we don't really take the time to talk about the stories that make us happy the stories that make us smile and the ones we we share or we retweet on twitter sure but we don't ever take the time to talk about them and really appreciate the athletes and and who they are as people and their stories and I want to share their stories because I think they're just so motivational. So, without further ado, let's get into halftime happy hour. I'm going to start with a segment called Heavy Hitter of the Week. Um, For this week, my Heavy Hitter of the Week is J.J. Watt, without a doubt. Um, In the last couple weeks, Houston, Texas has been absolutely devastated by Hurricane Harvey. I know that you guys aren't strangers to the news or, or you're not naive to the fact that the damage is immeasurable um, and I don't know how long the cleanup's going to take it could take years it could never be the same um, but JJ Watt uh, if you don't know him he is a Houston football player uh, he is great and handsome and wonderful but above all that he is a really really good guy um, so being from from Texas and or rather from Wisconsin but plays for the Houston Texans like I said just such a good guy. So he clearly cares about where he plays. To him, the opportunity to play football is 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 awesome and great, and he gets to go out there and basically beat people up for a living. But he takes pride in his community and 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 the people around him. Um, so he went out and started a a personal fundraising page for the city of Houston. He started out with a goal of two hundred thousand dollars on Sunday, August twenty seventh, uh, and by Friday, September first. He had more than $17 million donated to him on behalf of Houston. And he took that money 
and he, as of right now, he has 10 semi-trucks at four locations with hundreds of volunteers moving diapers, food, water, clothing, socks, shoes, anything that a person in need could ever even imagine having. J.J. Watt went out there and made it come to life. And as of September 3rd, his fundraising had hit $18.5 million. That is astonishing. I can't even put into words the amount of money that is and the emotion that it brings me to see that this football player went above and beyond to to help out complete strangers, to help out his neighbors that he doesn't know or his fans that he's never met. But he's not doing it for the fame or the glory. He's doing it because he wants to help his community. That he, that he clearly sees the devastation and 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 the need and the need for help and supplies and he used his his name and and his his fame for lack of a better term to make a difference and i think that's so incredible and that's more people need to do that a lot of times people use their fame for ulterior motives or to gain publicity or 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 get free things and and i think it should be noted that this is super unique this is really cool and and he got other celebrities to donate, um, multiple celebrities, including Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, $1 million from the Tennessee Titans owner, a rival team. Like, they play, they have played each other before. But an NFL team sticking up for another NFL team in a times of need. And at $1 million, that's, in, that's insane. And also Ellen DeGeneres, because she's great, and she wants to help everyone too. Uh, $1 million from Ellen DeGeneres with the help of Walmart, they – the amount of money that people can contribute and is great. And I don't have a ton of money to contribute, but I tried to tell as many people as I could, donate a bag of dog food, donate blood, donate water, donate shirts you're not ever going to wear again. People need them. And in times of times like this, I think we need to put aside the red and the blue and black and white, and, and we need to come together as a nation. And, and I, th- I think J.J. Watt is facilitating this, um, and it's, it's great. And, and the more NFL teams are helping, too, so we have a bunch of other teams donated to the United Way and to the Red Cross, and, and just because they don't live in Houston or just because they weren't affected by the, the devastation of this hurricane, they all knew they needed to help. It wasn't politically driven. It was, ju- it was just a sense of need. So... 10 points to my heavy hitter of the week, J.J. Watt. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. You are inspiring so many people. You have no idea the impact that you've made. And I'm personally not affected by your donations or your contributions, but it's, I can't even describe how awesome he is and how awesome the whole thing is that he's doing. He's, He's being so much bigger than himself. And I think a lot of us could really, you know, learn from that. And actually, I have a double heavy hitter of the week. So not only did J.J. Watt go above and beyond to help the people of Houston, but another NFL player, Sam Martin, the punter for the Detroit Lions, sent out a tweet um, last week that he was going to donate six pounds of dog food for every retweet that that would get. He ended up donating $10,000 worth of dog food, which is somewhere around 500 bags or 25,000 pounds of food. That is insane. Um, I know it sounds silly to some people to 
to donate that amount of time and attention to pets or animals um, that were also affected by Harvey because clearly the devastation to to humans was so so overwhelming uh, to humans' homes, to their cars, to, to their houses, to the, their lives. But I think a lot of times we forget that, and this sounds silly, I know, I'm looking at my dog as I say it, but our pets are people too. Um, and I, like even saying that, it sounds dumb, but I mean, I, if you know me at all, you know how much I care about my dog and, and how much happiness she brings me and the emotional support she brings me. And I, my heart goes out to every single survivor of, of Harvey who, who had to leave their animals in times of need because they had, they had to save their family first. And so I just want to give a special shout out to Sam Martin for doing that because I appreciate him for understanding and knowing that human life is important absolutely 100%, but so are pets. So are pets. So thank you, Sam. Thank you, JJ. You guys are my heavy hitters of the week. Um, I, The world needs more people like you guys. Okay, next segment, Field of Dreams. So like I said, I'm from Iowa. So Field of Dreams is, is obviously very important to me and is very um, recognizable to the state of Iowa. Um, if you build it, they will come. Great movie. If you've never seen it, go see it. But Field of Dreams is a segment where it's just kind of like, a, an athlete who overcomes so much, there's obstacle after obstacle, or they had a dream in sight and they did everything in their power to get it. Just someone who took some, took a, a glimmer of hope and made it into a reality. So this week, my, my Field of Dreams segment is with Jake Olson. He is from USC. He's a long snapper. Um, and this week was pretty special for him. Uh, he's actually blind, and he took the field and got their last PAT of the game. Um, they, it, he, what else do you say besides he's a blind long snapper? I've never, I would never think that that's a possibility in today's world. I mean, football is clearly very visual. You, you have to see what you're doing and everything like that. But he had an interesting take. Um, he's, he's not a pity player. He earned his spot. He's on scholarship for physically disabled athletes currently at USC. He started for varsity at his high school team. And although he relies on his teammates to get him to the field and, and set him up, he relies on himself to snap the ball to the kicker. He, it, it's his job. And what he says about it is that he discovered long snapping because it's a position where it's all about consistency. It's the same distance. It's the same speed. It's the same motion every single game. So his one job is to perfectly execute the snap, to get right into the kicker's hands. That, and that sounds very simple, but he's worked so hard to create this muscle memory within himself that's just astonishing, that he literally does not have eyesight. He, when he was born, he was born with um, retinoblastoma, uh, cancer of the retina, and his left eye was moved. Um, and at 12, he lost his right eye. So the day before he lost his vision completely, he watched a USC practice. I don't even have words to ex explain how full circle this is. He, this kid grew up loving USC football, loving it so much that on his last day of 
Vision, his last day with Vision, he wanted to go and watch a USC practice. And I think that dedication from from Jake was was so moving to the team that they kind of made him a a honorary member. Um, he was kind of adopted by the team as by the team as a kid, and you know he got to go in and have halftime pep talks and walk be on the sidelines, and he was part of the team as a kid. And now to be in the uniform, not only in the uniform, on the field, making a difference, helping them win. Like, how? I This is so cool. This is the coolest story to me because I, I can't imagine losing my vision, one, and then I can't imagine losing my vision but still having so much faith in myself that I'm going to get out there and I'm going to play football. You don't need vision to put, be a long snapper. You just have to have the muscle memory and, and the consistency and, and the, the self-awareness that you can do this. Um, there was a tweet by Nate Boyer, a former Seattle Seahawks long snapper, um, that I think really sums it all up. Uh, he said that Jake is without sight but not without vision. Like he knows where he's going and he knows what he wants to do and, and he knows that he is worthy of this. Um, that's just that is really that's something cool so shout out to Jake for being my um, Field of Dreams segment for today because this is more people need to have the self-awareness and the, and the understanding that they can do anything you literally just have to try and, and to practice and to believe in yourself and there is so much self-doubt in the world right now look at Jake the guy literally does not have eyesight, and he got out there on a football field, D1 football field, and made a difference. So good for you, Jake. Keep it up. Um, next segment is the light the lamp segment. This is like the cool one. This is the the buzzer beater, the 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 alley oop, the give and go, the everything. This is the coolest segment. This is the either the team or the player or or the athlete that, that made made something really spectacular happen. Uh, this one goes out to Iowa. I know it sounds biased because I clearly love the Hawkeyes, but we, as a school, did something pretty cool this last weekend. We started a new tradition. Um, we are lucky enough to have one of the, the nation's top children's hospitals um, directly in our backyard. These people, these doctors, these nurses, these um, child life assistants, these people that work in this hospital make the lives of every single parent and every single patient so much better. Uh, they go above and beyond. They, they treat them like family, and there's a lot of good things that are happening within this children's hospital. And I think that the state of Iowa really wanted to recognize that and to let this, the patients, the pediatric patients and their families know that you guys might be inside that hospital, but we are but we are right here supporting you and we are right here standing with you. So this cool thing that happened was that after the first quarter of every football game, um, there is a, there was a motion to to have every single person in that stadium turn to the children's hospital and wave, at the pediatric patients 
Uh, this is put together thanks to the Atlantic Coca-Cola Bottling Company and the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Um, they merged together. They wanted to make this happen, and and they created this great video that just moved 75,000 people to wave at the children in the hospital. Um, the coolest part about this hospital is that everything from the seventh floor up can see directly into Kinnick Stadium. So they don't have to leave the security of their hospital room or, or their IVs or their doctors. They can still watch the game and be a part of Hawkeye football from inside their hospital room. But that's incredible, and I think it's really unique that that we were able to do something like that and, and have the opportunity to have our pediatric patients be able to to have a Saturday that isn't revolved revolved around taking medicine or or you know recovering like they are they can be a fan and they can watch and I think it's even more spectacular that every single fan in that stadium recognized that these kids are fighting a battle so, so much harder than anyone will ever have to fight inside Kinnick Stadium. So they're battling on the gridiron, sure, but that's nothing compared to battling cancer or battling diseases. And and I want to give a huge shout out to our head coach, Kurt Ferentz, and his team and every single person that made this happen. Um, I am so moved by it and so humbled to be a part of the experience and, and, and be a part of a team that did make that happen. Um, so to all the Hawkeye fans that are listening out there, don't stop waving. Um, it's, I think it's a really, it makes the time spent in the hospital so much easier on the kids and the families. And you know, it's something really cool when ESPN Sports Center's one big thing, um, talks about it. Uh, when thousands of retweets are happening and there's social media posting from the Today Show and and, and everyone. I mean, this thing is huge, and it's it's gained so much momentum. And 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 huge, huge shout out to Scott Van Pelt for for understanding and recognizing the importance of this tradition and being this new tradition, and being so moved by it to make it the one big thing on on Sports Center today. And that's man, that's that's awesome. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Thank you, Iowa Football. Thank you, Iowa Marketing. And thank you, Learfield, for, for all coming up with this, this absolutely incredible idea. Um, it makes me so proud to be, to be a part of it. Um, lastly, we have the last segment, the Comeback Kid. This one goes out to Tyson Smith. He's a Michigan State cornerback. Um, the Comeback Kid segment is should say it all in its name. It's, it's an athlete or a team that, you know, came back from against all odds. Um, they overcame adversity or hurdles that, that we'd never had to face. Um, so, like I said, this week's comeback kid is Michigan State cornerback Tyson Smith. So on November 28, 2016, he suffered a stroke. After thinking it was just a severe headache, um, week, weeks in, he still had a severe headache. He went to the doctor. He got an MRI, and the doctor pulled him into a room and called his family and said, you have, suffer you have suffered a stroke. Um, and I'm sure for anyone to hear those words like that's devastating. Also, 
what does that mean for your body? What does it mean for your brain? Can you play football? Like, there are so many questions running through your head. And Tyson said that. He said he took a break from football. He took a break from from that because he didn't know if he was ever going to be able to get back there. He invested in his time and to his family and to other academics and, and to other um, things within his school. And, you know, he really put football in the back burner because he didn't know if it was going to be a reality for him again. He gave himself a 30% chance to ever play play the game. Again, he, he didn't even get his memory back until the spring. He had trouble remembering where he put things or things he was learning in class. He... I can't imagine how scary that is to to not be able to remember the simple things or be so uncertain about your future. He wasn't cleared to play football until right before fall camp. And on Saturday, he helped Michigan State win their season opener. But not only that, 10 months later after suffering a stroke, he housed an interception in the Spartans' 35-10 season opening. And that's sure, like when you win a game, it's great. But could you imagine winning a game after not even knowing if you were going to be able to play that game 10 months before? And he kind of has a good head on his shoulders, or he has a good head on his shoulders when he sees it. He has a different way of looking at it now. He said, I try to remind myself that when I get tired, you can't be tired. You're already not supposed to be doing anything. Doctors were shocked he could walk and talk, but let alone to be playing football 10 months after a stroke. Good for him. The last thing he said on this article I read was, the feeling when I stepped onto the field was more than football. It was a blessing to see that I'm still me. And that kind of sums up the entire podcast, or what I hope this podcast will become. Football, basketball, women's basketball, track and field. Every single sporting event is a platform for so much more than just sports. And I want to bring that to people. I want people to be so moved by an athlete or a team or or something to do with sports that is so much more than when their team wins the Super Bowl or when their team goes to the Rose Bowl. I can tell you I was ecstatic. I was crying. I was over the moon excited when Iowa went to the Rose Bowl. But I've never been so moved to see an entire team dedicate a portion of their game to waving at the Children's Hospital. That's something to be proud of, and that that is why I am doing this podcast, or trying to. So thanks for putting up with me if you've made it this far. This is my first one. My hands are a little sweaty. I'm a little nervous, but, you know, I, I really, really am so passionate about spreading the positive messages and stories within sports. So with that, thank you for joining me for the first halftime happy hour. I promise it'll get better, or at least I hope it will. Um... Please pass this along to your friends. Please pass this along to your coworkers, anyone you know. Tell them to put up with me for this first podcast, and I'll work out the kinks eventually. Um, it's always a rough start when you do something completely new and out of your comfort zone. But, but like I said, um, I want to share these stories, and I want people to love them and appreciate them as much as I do. Um, and I think we need to put aside or, or stop putting all our attention into the negative stories that we see on the news 24-7. So I think it's nice to just be reminded that there are really good people out there, and there are really, really good, great people.
people who are doing so much more than just playing a, a sport. So thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed your first halftime happy hour. I'll see you soon.